on, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, your no excuses coach, and you are at your place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy, fluffy bullshit. I'm appreciative of you guys being here with us tonight, whether you're live on the video cast or you're listening to us on the audio podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining in. We are on show number 242 of the Raw and Unscripted Show, and truth be told, January next month is going to be our four-year anniversary, so it's pretty amazing. We've been doing the show for quite some time. And I'm pleased and proud to announce that the fact that it is in the top 10% of podcasts globally. So thank you guys all for tuning in, whether it is live on the video cast or on the podcast. I appreciate you guys from all over the world. I think we're in about 20 different countries right now. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We've got a lot more in store. Ron and scripted is not going anywhere by any way, shape or means. We're going to be kicking ass in 2024 and beyond. So we appreciate you guys to be here. And please, when you get value out of this show, share it out. My intention is to reach a million people in 2024 and I need your help with that. And so we're going to continue bringing you amazing guests amazing conversations here designed to move you up in your life and to expand your horizons your confidence and everything else to have a kick-ass life i mean life is short so why not tune in here every single week and get your dose of kick-ass motivation inspiration and edumacation with yours julie christopher roush and my guests and i'm super excited for the show tonight because it's going to be a little bit of a different show you guys know that we always tune in and we're talking about mindset we're talking about overcoming our challenges and and, and really getting out of our own way to achieve a kick-ass life and tonight we got a little bit more uh, a different stamp and if you tuned in last week you guys know that December is a little special month because I have my dear sister from another Mr. Uh, Patricia joining me as my co-host so I'm going to introduce her now Patricia Geigick please welcome her to the Raw and Unscripted show what's going on Patricia how you doing sweetheart hello I've, I've wavered between calling you Patricia and Patty because I've called you Patricia for so many years <laughs> you can call me whatever you want that's fine sister I love you how are you hi I'm good so I'm kind of excited I'm in West Palm Beach um not in Canada right now. So this well, is not really freezing nice. Canada, right? Yeah. So we've got this like really nice weather going on. And uh, so I'm pretty happy to be away from uh, cold. But yeah, uh, yeah I think, uh, again, going into this new zone of 2024, I think our guest tonight is probably going to be like the tip of the iceberg because he I love him so much. And he's one of the super, super coolest people on this planet. And uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this deep dive here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's introduce the guy and let's find out uh, what's going on with him. All righty. Let's do it. You have the con, my dear. Please. Me? Tonight? You. You know ladies him. And, ladies and gentlemen and peeps. Talk and, to him. Talk about him. And drummer people. We have Brian Thomas. Um Again, the accolades for Brian are over the top. I think he's, you know, he's had Emmy nominations. He's won over 30 some odd awards with his filmmaking, his videography, his choreography. He is a master, master of the arts. And, you know, I know you pushed the envelope a little bit by posting some things that were very, very special. He was, in fact... Uh, a choreographer for for the 30th anniversary of the Michael Jackson uh, show, and um, there's just like this this hit list of humanoids on the planet that he's been able to you know shift life for them with his mm -hmm. incredible genius and talent. So uh, everybody can read the accolades. Let's get him on here and let's get him talking because we need to hear him. Okay, drum roll. Brrr. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Thomas, welcome to the Yay. Raw and Inscripted Show, brother. How are there you doing? Is. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Excited for you to be here. That was amazing. Thank you, Patricia. <laughs> that was a great intro. I need to hire you. Yep, that's okay. I'll work for you anytime. <laughs> great to he meet you. hired. So how did you guys, I want to, my first question for both of you guys is how did you guys meet? I mean, uh, talk to us about this relationship here and what, what, how do you guys know each other and everything? What's the juicy details? Do you want to take that or do you want me to? Yeah, you jump in and okay. and, and I'll I'll add or, or unadd. <laughs> so I think you had um, my student, Alex and Hannah. Did you have them? Oh, there he is. Yes, I see him. Mm -hmm. Right here. So Alex is one of my students and uh, he was in a lot of my choreography pieces in New York. And I just love that kid. He reminds me a lot of myself at that age. And I think Hannah knew Patricia and I think they're together. So that's kind of how they hooked us up when she came to New York. Oh, yes. So um, 
and I just saw that Pat is on and she's actually, I think in yep. Australia or New Zealand. So, yes. oh my God. Awesome. Um, Pat, thank you for being here. Thank you all for being here guys. So we, we have this, um, this synergy of the art. And of course the, the work that I was doing for the exhibition at the, uh, uh 13th street gallery was also included, um, Neil Peart, the drummer who had passed away, and we did some work. This is with my my drum partner and my Lotus 97.7 partner, Greg. And these paintings were hanging, and another friend of mine suggested that we get ourselves into um, reaching out to the family of Neil Peart. And I had the fortune of meeting with, that's a, that's a picture in New York of, of us when I actually won the award, and, and Brian came to that event with um, Ashley Audison. So we we had Hannah and um, at the event, and she and I connected immediately, like over the top. And we said, "Okay, let's make something happen." And the next thing you know, Alex and and Hannah, who we did have on the show last week, said, "You need to know Brian Thomas." And I went, "Absolutely, you're right. I do." And that happened. And of course, we we did uh, have a, a few conversations, and then we had the opportunity to to share. Uh, an evening together and there's no question that you know the 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 level of artistry is based on never mind just having the creative juice but there is something behind the work that uh you're doing brian that is really based on empathy and compassion and kindness and spirituality and a, a purpose and i i I know we want to dive into some of that inside your head, but you know, where do you want to start? Let me just throw it out to you because there must be something dangling on, on that crazy brain of yours. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. I mean, being in this business for over 30 something years and well, you know, when I got into dance very late, I was in my twenties when I moved to New York and I, I came from a martial arts background, not from a dance background. So when I moved to New York, I mean, I had no dance training. I just came here because I had a goal that I wanted to dance with Michael Jackson. And I just gave it all up and moved here to pursue that. So when it happened, when I booked the first job in 95 as a backup dancer, you know, I was, I had a lot of great teachers and a lot of great choreographers and I had a lot of bad teachers and a lot of bad choreographers. So I think I knew early on what I wanted to be when I got to that level, I said to myself, you know, one day when I'm in that position, I will never do that. I will never treat people like that. And I always remembered the good teachers and, and the good choreographers and the good people around me. And I always see karma doing that full circle and kicking people in the ass. And, you know, I had a really, a lot of people have had rough upbringings and I come from the trailer park. I mean, I could go on and on. So I really appreciate everything that I've worked for. And I think martial arts and having that mindset that you're always talking about, Christopher, and being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You have to persevere. You just have to keep going. So I think just doing this so long, that's where the empathy comes in because I just remember, you know, I'll never do that. And I just see when you put yourself in someone else's shoes, you can really change somebody's perspective on certain issues. So the, martial, the world is. The, the martial arts is actually, and, and this is another area that I'd like to dig into like in the future future as well. Right. Um, and not to spend too much time on this, but your sister uh, happens to be a Hanmi Taekwondo grandmaster Whoa. in the world, one of the literally few females that have reached this level. Uh, and then you did a, I think a six series documentary on your sister. Yeah, we're working on, we're pitching a docu-series. Um, right. right now we created like a pitch deck okay. and we have different characters we're introducing and it's a docu-series, it's not scripted. And uh, we're hoping to get it to the networks. But again, it is about my sister because she was the one who was there for me growing up. Right. Uh, I was bullied a lot as a kid and she was always my protector. She was always the one pushing me forward. So I really feel like if a lot of kids experience this in their lives, like, like this training of whatever it is, whether it's dance, martial, the arts in general, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's just so good for you 
to, to open your mind and, and find a discipline that you're passionate about and something that's bigger than you. So your sister has four children? Yes. Yeah. So they're yeah. all, all masters also. They're all masters and they all teach at the same wow. studio. Uh, yeah, my sister's a grandmaster and she's been, I mean, we started, I was eight and she was 13 and she never stopped. So, I mean, she's been doing this, she's going to turn 60 next year. So she's been doing this a very long time and being a female in this art is not easy. And being white is not easy because it's a very Korean male dominated sport. So, you know, when she goes to these tournaments, they're like, well, who's she? Who's this girl? Like, she's not Korean. <laughs> and it's a woman and she's like the grandmaster. So it's, it's funny cause she's really done the work and she's put the time in for the art. And I just really want her to get the respect that she has always deserved. And that's why I'm making this docu-series. Everything, but you know, a lot of it is for her. That's beautiful. I mean, what, what a great tribute to her and, and instilling that in you. I mean, when you think about it, I was bullied as well as, as a young man. And I noticed that in one of the articles that I read about you, did, did getting into martial arts help uh, offset that? Were you able to stand up for yourself in those periods of time or did that something set with you? And that's what caused you to, to get into the arts. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to tell you this story. It'll be, a, it'll be a real short one. So when I was eight, I was infatuated with Linda Carter. I mean, I think everybody in the 70s. Oh, me too. Oh. I'm, I was born in 69. I just, she would me run too. in slow motion with that outfit and that blue eyes. And I just was so in love with Linda Carter. <laughs> I thought I was like her brother. So I made myself some bracelets and I used to have my little Mego Wonder Woman doll that my grandma got me. And I would put it in my GI Joe lunchbox until one of my best friends found it in third grade and showed everybody and ran around the entire school. No. So I mean, after that moment, everything changed for me. I went from just going to school and being a regular seven-year-old kid to it's Wonder Woman being beat up. And, you know, as a kid, you know, it, it really weighs on you. You feel like you don't have any friends. You feel like you're alone. It was, it was a lot. I was being bloody, bloodied up every day at school until my grandma one day said, all right, that's it. I'm putting you in martial arts. And I said, well, can my sister go? <laughs> can Karen go? <laughs> I go, I wouldn't even go without her. So that's how that whole thing started. And, you know, after a few years and I got my black belt when I was 11, it really shifted because it teaches you mindset, perseverance, respect. Uh, the perseverance is a big thing for me. The follow through having ADHD also, my follow through has always been terrible. I, I'm all over the place with stuff. Mm -hmm. My focus used to be, and it's still, I still have to zone in <laughs> be everywhere, but martial arts really teaches you to focus and, you know, like breaking a board. The first time I broke a board was such an accomplishment because I was terrified. And as a kid, I finally broke it. I'm like, wow, if I just, it's like goal setting and mindset right. and perseverance at all forms into that. So then you wanted to step from breaking a board to breaking somebody's face, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're I mean, not going to mess with my Linda Carter, my Wonder Woman, you motherfucker. You no, know, but I, you know what's really funny? Um, when I moved, I was in New York, and of course I'm dancing and meeting Michael Jackson and Paul Abdul, like all these celebrities that I've always wanted to work with. I actually got to not only work with, I got to choreograph for Paula Abdul, which is crazy because she's mm -hmm. one of the people I idolized when I saw on TV. When I saw the, uh, uh, oh, I was like, I want to like dance with this woman. And I got mm -hmm. to choreograph for her on Sesame Street which is crazy how that works. You that, did yeah. 10 years in Sesame Street, yeah. right? Yeah, I did 10 years on Sesame Street. Wow. I actually got hired to do the Abby Kadabi video, Zoe's Dance Moves, and I was oh, supposed yeah. to be the choreographer. But Paula Abdul, you know, she, I guess she sent her stuff in too, and they're like, well, it's Paula Abdul. We really love you, but... It's Paula Abdul. <laughs> She's really recognizable. And they thought I was going to be upset, and I started crying. I'm like... I get to work with Paula Abdul. I didn't care if I was on the TV. I, I'd rather not be in the video. I'd rather be the choreographer behind the scenes anyway. So I got to actually choreograph. It was kid stuff, but it was still like a 360 moment for me. Meeting. Wow. Anyway, getting to Linda Carter. Sorry. See, there's, there's the ADHD <laughs> kicking. Oh, I completely understand. I'm with um, you on that. I was choreographing. A, I was doing a, a charity event in, in New York, and I was choreographing. I saw Linda Carter on the playbill. And I told my agent over and over and over, I have to meet Linda Carter. I don't know how, but if she's ever anywhere, I just, she's the only person I have to meet. 
I met Michael. I met other people. I have to meet Linda Carter. And he's like, are you nuts? I'm like, yes, but I have to meet her. It's just a goal. It's, you know, when I get focused, I'm laser focused. Mm -hmm. So I saw her on the, on the playbill and I ran over to the director and I'm like, I have to meet her. I have to meet Linda Carter. Goes, well, she's probably going to be busy. She might, she's only coming in to sing for a number, but you know, I'll see what I can do. And I think it was a half hour later, I'm on stage with the dancers and I feel this tap on my shoulder and I turn around and it's her. No. And she's like, I heard you wanted to meet Linda Carter. And I immediately started crying and I had flashbacks oh. of being eight years old, holding a little Barbie doll. It all just comes in this whirlwind. And I'm like, you don't understand. Right away, I just went into my story. You're the reason I'm here. Like I had a doll and she's like, she thought, she thought I was crazy, right? She's like, you are just- I'm sure she's used to it. She's like, you are just the cutest thing. She's like, come here. After we, we spoke, of course, for about 10 minutes, we did some pictures. And I'm like, thank you so much. It was nice meeting you. And she's like, wait, one more. She grabbed my face and she's like, ready? And my friend was holding the camera. And back then it was like cameras. It wasn't your iPhone. It was like a camera. And she put her lips on my lips to kiss me. But the, my friend couldn't get the camera to work. So I'm looking in her eyes with her lips on my lips. And I'm having this out of body experience. Thinking, oh, dude. Thinking of her spinning, running in slow motion, jumping, uh -huh. off, fighting gorillas. And I'm like, Oh, I could die. I could die. Love's in the air. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I had, I had a serious crush on Linda Carter as well. I mean, I think that's when I knew I was straight. I was like, I have no idea why her and uh, a couple of other women, you know, in those those old shows. I was like, I don't know why, but I just really think that she's cute. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is so awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. I mean, that's, it's pretty incredible when you get to meet your idols. I've had that opportunity. I've actually met Paula Abdul. I worked for uh, Virgin Records here in uh, Beverly Hills for quite oh, wow. some time. And she was an artist on the label. And so I got to meet her. I got to meet Lenny Kravitz, who was super cool. Uh, got to meet some other artists. So it was pretty incredible. I and mean, you get to meet them and all of a sudden you're just like, wait, they're real people. They're just, I mean, you know, they're, they're real people. What was it like? I want to share this picture. I want to share this picture because you've mentioned his name before. And obviously I was just talking about Michael not too long ago and wondering, you know, given the fact of uh, how fast things are changing in the world today, you know, wondering how many people are even going to remember Michael. Um, so this picture right here, oh, is that, yeah. is that, is that you? Well, hold on. Let me put the patch up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I wasn't sure, but I just saw, I saw the picture and I was like, okay. Oh yeah. God, that was in 2001. That show was the day before 9-11. The, no our show way. at Square Garden was September 10th. Oh my no God. No way. Yeah. Crazy, right? The next day, like the world's exploding. But this was, we did, I think the seventh was the first show. And then there was another show, the 10th. So what yeah. was that experience like? What was, what was, I mean, I got to ask you, what was it like meeting Michael? I mean, what, in, in working with him? I mean, it was kind of like that Linda Carter moment. My first um, experience as far as loving dance was watching Michael Jackson on MTV and, you know, beat it and Billie Jean and uh, especially beat it because I was in martial arts. So as a kid, I was always like trying to do the choreography, even though I didn't even know what that word meant. I was always just <laughs> imitating him. So for me, it was just, it was just unbelievable because that's why I moved to New York. I wanted, he was the ultimate goal. Him, Janet, mm -hmm. Anna, those were my like top, Paula, the people I wanted to work with. So when I auditioned in 95, I booked the MTV um, Music Awards with the hats and the red gloves. There was 14 of us. I didn't choreograph that. I was selected as a dancer. And that's oh, wow. what started my dance career was that moment was because then I, we toured and we did a lot of shows with Michael, which was incredible and then he went underground because there's a lot of drama for a few years and then i went on and i danced with other artists with you know maya and different things and then 360 come back i'm in new york and i'm working with this producer david guest and we're doing these shows all over the place he chose me out of these people and we're doing all these other like charity events and then we did the show at Madison square garden was the christmas show it was miracle on 34th street and there was a lot of celebrities mm. that would come in and I would choreograph the entire show, which was crazy. Wow. You could have like Pink, Deborah Cox, uh, Brian McKnight, Mark, Anthony, like all these people in one show and you're the choreographer for the wow. entire show. So that that's was insane. That was Sanity. cool. So we did that two years and the last one was 2000 and Michael made an appearance at the end because Michael and David knew each other from childhood. 
So he showed up at the end, said hello to everybody. Everyone's freaking out. Michael, Michael. And then David told me that night, you're going to be choreographing the tribute to Michael show that I'm producing next year. And I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, right. For Michael, yeah, right. <laughs> and I mean, it happened. So it was pretty crazy because he didn't have a lot of different choreographers. There was, I was very lucky to be in that moment at that time in New York because it just, I still had to like, Michael had to come in and look at the number and make sure he was okay with it. And that was nerve wracking, but I don't know. I just, it, it was mindset. It was like this whole thing with like we were talking about. Right. I choreographed the first half, which was Whitney Houston, Usher, Maya, Missy Elliott. The whole first part of the show, the tribute was, that was the only thing I was supposed to do was the tribute. And then there was Michael and his brothers. I wasn't supposed to be part of that. I was only the first part. Well, then David's like, you know, I think we need something for Michael's part. Do you want to choreograph a number for Michael? I'm like, yeah, right. That's never going <laughs> to And as soon as he said it, though, I said, beat it. And he's like, well, put something together. You have three days. No. Three days? Nobody does a number in three days. It was, it was really quick. And I was so stressed out. I just got custody of my son. There was a lot of stuff going on at home. David was driving me nuts with the other show. And uh, I went home and, and um, I, I was talking to my friend and I said, what, what should I do? And he's like, you know what? He's never going to do it. Just forget it. He's like, forget it. This is not going to happen. And there's something inside of me going, call someone else. <laughs> so I called another friend, my friend Fabby, who's the girl in that photo. She was my assistant on that show. And I said, what should I do? There's no way I can do this in three days. And she said, honey, go get a Red Bull. You will regret it for the rest of your life if you don't do this. And I'm like, you're yeah, right. baby. I was a tiger. Let's do this mindset. <laughs> I stayed up all night. I just kept it very basic. And I went back to my martial arts. If you look at beat it for the 2001 anniversary special, it's all Taekwondo. It's all martial arts. On the and like I said, we only had a couple of days to put this together before he came in and saw it. So I kept it very simple, very structured and pictures where he could just come through. And I said, I want to do the original choreography that I learned as a kid, this whole beat it thing. I want to do that. And Michael said, let's do it. So we did it. And I was like, ah. so being on the stage that night and that picture you saw was probably besides my son being born the best night of my life. And my son was in the front row because he was at that concert. My son's in the, wow. I just got custody two months before that. And my son's in the front row. Yeah, that was it. And there's Fabby there in the blue with that little tube top. Wow. I don't know. If oh, amazing. Like, how do you go over? How can you add anything new into your life after you've basically had the experiences that you've showed up for that you've dreamt about? Like, so I want to know on your hit list, I'm sure having, you know, an opportunity to be on the Ron Unscripted show with, you know, Christopher co-hosted by me is probably sitting way, way up there <laughs> in your next yeah. level of who do I want to meet? Teasing, of course. But <laughs> I want to go back to this um, spin kick. This is your film company. Yeah, it's like a film and photo production company that right. I, I have a little space in, in New York where I get to create. Okay. And, you know, it's it's funny you, you just said all that because talking to you guys, I'm kind of in this limbo space of what's next because I've done so much in my choreography career. As far as film, I did make a documentary that's out called Amy's Victory Dance. That got distributed mm -hmm. on Amazon. Very happy I did that. It's about a disabled dancer. It's the, yeah. That's a whole crazy thing. She had an accident. Was she hit by a bus in New York? Yes. She's a professional dancer. And yeah. I, I met her doing her pictures. And I saw when she came into my studio for the photo shoot, she had shorts on and her leg is completely deformed. And I was like... Oh my God, what happened? And she's like, I got hit by a bus. And she starts cracking up. And I'm like, this, this chick is nuts. I love her. And, <laughs> you know, cause she's not a victim to yeah. her. She's, she's not a victim. She's a survivor. Yeah. I think there's a big distinction because a lot of people get caught up in this victim mentality and they get stuck in it and shit happens mm -hmm. to everybody. I mean, everybody had a lot of things in their past. I'm sure everybody can do one up on anyone. So we've all had shit happen to us. So it's about, are you going to stay the victim? Or are you going to say, I survived that. Now I'm moving forward. And I think that's mm -hmm. where your mindset comes in. 
Krista. But you, you won so many awards, I think, for that. Um, you, you, Istanbul and... Yeah, you know, a lot of the film festivals. And um, I mean, that, that that's the accolades, all that stuff is great, of course, for the film. But the main thing was I want people to see it because the whole thing is about empathy. And mm -hmm. I followed this woman around for almost a year around New York City. Wow. And not, it's really hard for someone that's, you know, she's legally blind from her diabetes. That's, a whole, that's a whole nother thing from, <laughs> from childbirth. She's just had juvenile diabetes. Then she, she had a lot of issues. But then when she got hit by the bus crossing the street, she was a professional dancer. Her dance career is pretty much over. Right. So how do you not give up? How do you not become a victim? How do you push through that? And she is pushing through it. Let me tell you, she's doing great. It's amazing. And yeah. another film that you did um, about a dancer and a choreographer, uh, I think, is Dark Matter. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, you, yeah. Yeah, that one's that one's that one. You, of course, you would love that because that's I, all yeah. just creating <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, I create it's a short film and mm -hmm. it's featuring Desmond Richardson. And yes. he's one of the best dancers in the universe. Um, he has complexions. It's a, a dance company. And I think he's had that for many, many years. He was a part of Elvin Ailey. And he by far is one of the best dancers you've ever seen in your entire life. He actually did the Michael special. I asked him to dance and I wanted him in the show. So he, that's how I knew him before, but I really got to know him during that process. So I was just coming out of something really dark. And I was going through my transition of, do I want to dance? What am I going to do? Am I going to be an agent? I hurt my back. I'm in my 40s. I was having all these mental blocks. So I created this instead of taking the easy way, which would be drugs or just being a loser or being a whatever, I decided to create art. So I'm like, I'm going to create this piece and I have to go dark. I have to go really back to my center. I have to go really deep. And, and that's why it's called dark matter. Cause I wanted to start from nothing and just like start over. And that's what the whole, there's really no way to describe it. It's just, he's in the dark and he does all these eclectic, amazing dance things. And it's just, I can't I, describe I've it. watched part of it and I've seen some of the, some of the photos that you've taken the, the stills and wow, like it, it is dark and there's no question. I mean, his, how old is he? Is that like... We're close to the same age. Uh, yeah. I'm 54. I, I don't know if he's younger or older, but I'm sure yeah. he's close to the same age. But I mean, oh my God. The, the, he's beautiful. He's beautiful, beyond beautiful. I mean, he comes from the multiverse. There's no yeah. question. I need yeah. to look Desmond Richardson. Look him up. He's, he's incredible. Yeah. I can send you the whole link. But there's like, I think it's like 15 minutes. I'll send yeah, you that. do it, do it, do it, please. I'll, I'll include yeah. it in the show notes here as well. That okay. way people can check it out. Listening yeah, yeah. to the conversation tonight. Uh, I just want to answer this question for Pat. Pat, thank you for being here. Uh, she says, just fascinating. Bless you for arriving at this time. She also wanted to know, I think you said Amazon. She said, is the documentary available somewhere? I put up your website, which is uh, for those of you listening on the podcast is www. Uh, oh, S-P-R-I. Uh, what? Spin kick. Like spin kick. spin kick, which I spin kick. I don't have my glasses on, so I was I was trying to read it. So yes, it's S P I N K I C K picture pictures.com. So make sure you guys check that out. But uh is that is that actually available in uh on Amazon? If you go to Amazon, uh you put in Amy's Victory Dance, yeah. it'll come right up. Awesome. Awesome. I want to, I want to check, definitely check that out. I want to go to something you posted on your Instagram recently. We've been talking, we've been dancing around mindset and, and, and uh, throughout this conversation, I found this really, really interesting. You said my mission is to promote empathy through visual art, furthering a conversation about connection, equality, and mindset. Talk oh, to us about that because I think that's powerful. And we've kind of danced around that a little bit. Talk to us about that inspiration for that, for that statement right there. Wow. You doing, you, you did your research a little um, bit. So, like I said, empathy is, is, is really important. And, and once you sit and really listen to somebody's story, you might change your mind about things like, like Amy, that was a big thing for me meeting her because I come from this commercial dance background. She never had that opportunity. She was always looking in, but never got to participate. And that's why I made the film. Cause I wanted her to have that one 
spotlighted moment that I got to have, but she, she had all these obstacles. But walking around the city with her and people running her over basically, you know, and, and not understanding that she has basically one leg because the other one doesn't work that well. And all these issues and, you know, it's New York City, so she's going to get run over. Um, the other things like connection, of course, uh, being from dance and, and feeling connected to music like you are, you're a musician, an artist. When you when you connect to something else outside of yourself, it just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I just sometimes I feel like, what's that line from American Beauty? There's just so much love in the world after he sees the bag flying around. You know, <laughs> I, I just, I feel that that moment of, I don't know how to describe it. That moment of bliss, euphoria. Right, euphoria, I was thinking euphoria. Yeah, heaven, whatever that is, when you really connect to your art, you know, like when you just, when you feel like, oh. In I the just, zone. That was it, that's that connection. And then it's, I feel like it's your responsibility to share it for yes. the generation. Because I got that handed to me through my teachers here, Cecilia Marta and other people. So I have to do that for other people. In so many that, ways, it's also a releasing past trauma in a, in multiple ways. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> yeah. had like past traumas, but you know, my dad was in Vietnam, and my dad basically committed suicide when I was eighteen. So yeah. that's Whoa. that was the drama that happened before I moved to New York, and that's why I was in such a dark space for a long time because I lost my dad, and it wasn't a normal way to lose your father. It was a suicide. He shot himself. So that, that really, that almost put me under. It really did. So when I was like sink or swim and I had to like push past that, I moved to New York and then, you know, my son was born a year later after my dad passed away. So all these miracles started happening. And then mm -hmm. I moved to New York and I got this tattoo for him. And I just feel like my dad and the connection, I don't know. I just feel like it all just kind of, it does. It does. It does interconnect. No. It does. I mean, there are miracles that out there that are happening um, when we sit there and we step back and look at it and we, and we see that life is happening for us and not to us. And I, I love the fact that you have that perspective is like, you know, when there's a challenge, I mean, I, I, my story is the fact that I was a homeless seventh grade dropout who lived in the backseat of a station wagon with 18 cats and four dogs. I dropped out. I was on the streets. I did drugs, alcohol, fighting. I tried to kill myself. Fortunately, I, I tried to kill myself twice. Unfortunately, I sucked at it. And it wasn't until I had a gun put to my head where I thought my life was going to be over. And I told the guy to pull the fucking trigger and I figured that was going to be it. That was my lowest moment. That was my lowest moment where I had to realize I'm going to get out of the situation either by going to jail, going to a cemetery or taking responsibility for my life. And that sounds like where you were at. It sounds like you were, you were at the bottom of those situ that situation and then you had nowhere to go but to bounce back up. And that resiliency of your son being born and having that bigger why, that's pretty miraculous and being able to do that. What has being a parent taught you about life and being a better version of who Brian is? I think having my son kept me level-headed. Yeah. Because I had to think, you know, because I am kind of scattered, <laughs> you know. A um, great book, by the way, by uh, Dr. Gabor Mate about ADHD is called Scattered. Dr. Gabor Mate, I have oh, ADHD on crack. So Dr. Gabor Mate is, is remarkable in that field. As far as ADHD and marriage, it's a phenomenal book. But he's written a couple of books that are really, really great and keying in. I thought it was a neurological disorder. But no, I realize it's an attention. It's really an attention deficit disorder. I mean, it really goes back to our childhood and the fact that we talk and we get scattered because we're just so in the moment because we're afraid we're going to lose that moment. And so we're not being able to, to, to plan out long distance things. So it's a great book, by the way. Sorry. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> See, that's yeah, my scatter. I, I didn't know I had it as a child. I mean, I got diagnosed later in life, but now I see it as a, as a benefit because yeah. if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be who I am. So True. I feel like it's a superpower. I just have to learn how to take that superpower and focus it, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm much better at now being 54. So, but you know, having my son, I think kept me level-headed. And, you know, being in New York and L.A. and being around the people that I was around, especially as a dancer. And there was a lot of drugs, a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, I could have gotten involved in a lot of things that were not good. And I've lost friends. And having my son always made me think of not just myself, think of, oh, shit, I'm not going to do what happened to me. Right. I lost my dad. I'm going to make sure that I'm around, not just for me, but for my son. So, yeah, 
I would say my son kept me grounded. That's and awesome. Gave purpose. That. Gave me purpose. The, the biggest thing of all was purpose. I came to New York with a little picture of him on my keychain, and like, oh, I'm gonna dance. I'm gonna do this for my son and my dad. And it was everything else was for somebody else, but at least it was my family. It was something big. That's beautiful. I mean, it really is about having a big enough why. I, I teach people, I'm a coach. I've been a mindset coach for over 20 years. And I teach people when you have a big enough why, you have a big enough how. And then sometimes you have to take yourself out of that equation and figure out, okay, who is that biggest why? I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's got to be us. We have to take care of ourselves. number one. It's not selfishness, it's self-love. But I love the fact that when we have that bigger why, we have a bigger opportunity to say, what is it that I'm, what is it and who is it that I can become as a result of this why? And so I think that's so powerful. I know for my son, my son's seven years old. We adopted him from birth and I've had so many whys in my life. I've, I've created an amazing life for myself, but becoming a dad so much later in life, we're the same age, you and I, uh, I'll be 55 in uh, next Febu February. And my son being seven years old at this point, um, when he came into my life, it, it, it just, it compounded the why in so many beautiful ways to be able to sit there and say, okay, what legacy am I leaving today? What legacy am I leaving now in this moment? You know, and I, I really piecemeal that life together and think about life in terms of moments, the moments that we get to stitch together. I'll reflect upon this after we're done with this. And I might be, I'll be having dinner with my family thinking about this moment that we're all, the three of us are sharing right now. We stitch those moments together and that's what creates a really an amazing life. And so when you think about that and your son's now older, you said you were going to come out to California a couple of days to spend Christmas with him. What are some things that, you know, when you think about, you know, what he did for you, but what things has he, has he taught you about yourself aside from the level of heaviness? Um, he has let me know that I have a really big forehead because he's <laughs> dragging on me about it. <laughs> he's a shit. I'm telling you, I think my whole family's sarcastic, but my son, he's got it Love down. It. Like we're always like, ragging on each other so he's like he calls me what does he call me solar panel <laughs> so i've learned like, just you know just to take the didn't he inherit the head didn't he inherit the head <laughs> oh now he because he's 34 now so it's kind of hitting back and i'm like oh uh-huh <laughs> yeah now i'm cracking up but he keeps his head shaved so you don't really see it he's a good looking kid he's a really good looking kid and what's he do? What does he do? I'm curious. Yeah, so my son, um, there's a new restaurant called the Holbrook. The whole it's in the financial district in downtown San Francisco. And he's working, he's like the general manager of this new, he opened this new very cool. It's it's huge. It's really it's I'm really proud of him. Um, very proud of him. And his fiance was my old dance assistant. They met through one of my dance events. Oh, that's she's good. amazing. Christina, I love her so much. That is awesome. One of the other things I had, the question I wanted to ask for you is considering the profession and going after your dreams in the arts. And so many times, you know, the adults in the world will sit there and say, you know, don't go after that. You have to go after something that's safe and certain predictable, go into the family business, because obviously there can be, you know, there's only so many performers that can be out there. There's so many actors and actresses. So, I mean, they say it's a hard business to get into. What is your advice for somebody watching this and listening to this um, about determination, about grit, about perseverance, about sticking with it, you know, seeing your why and no matter what anybody says, continuing to follow through on your dream. What advice would you have for people that are that are thinking about getting into the film, getting into arts, music, whatever it might be, painting um, for sticking their dream out and, and, and being able to stick with it? Hmm. So we're all going to die. We all have a little time here. Good news. So <laughs> I think once you come to terms with that, that we're going to die. And if tomorrow was your last day, would you have any regrets? Yes. I think that's pretty big. So if, if I were to go tomorrow, I wouldn't want to say, oh, I wish I just would have opened that studio. I wish I would have tried in New York. I wish I would have. I don't think at the end of my life, I want to say, I wish I had more money. Or I wish I bought that car. Or I wish I had a better house. I don't think I'm going to think about any of that stuff. I think for me at the end of my life, it's, you know, how did I inspire people? How many amazing relationships have I had? Did I really go after my dreams? It doesn't matter if I accomplished them and most of them I have, but did I go after it is the most important thing. So, you know, I think regret is a big motivator <laughs> at the end of the day. Like, I don't want to, I don't want any regrets. I, I I'm, I'm going for it because you get one life. It happens very quick. And, you know, and if, if the perseverance thing, if you're in it and it's just, you're having all these roadblocks, then I think you need a, a mastermind group 
or people like this to talk to. So yeah. maybe you, you just might need to pivot one way or the other. You know, maybe you're right there. You're like five feet from gold, but you just got to dig over here. Maybe it's over this way or, you know, like I, I thought I wanted to dance with Madonna too. Like I was auditioning. Oh. Five feet from gold. Right, right. They can grow rich. Synchronicity. Yeah. Napoleon Hill, Jim Rohn, all the great speakers. Um, yeah, sometimes you just have to you just have to pivot. So Brian, you and Chris to me have well assumed identities. You've you've really taken what's happened in your lives and said, you know, I'm not holding back now. I, I'm gonna create exactly what I want to show up for. And throughout the process, while there's this massive amount of risk, you have been able to use the risk in a way that says to other people, uh, it's not about the dream. The dream is already there because you've thought about it. It is now the excellence of the dream. It's now going beyond uh, the dream so that you can create something new because if you've already thought it it's it's already existing so you you actually take and especially when i think of dark matter it's like taking the genius of of him and what he was able to to accomplish in his life and then show it to us in a whole new way where i'm sure there had to have been something that um even surprised him and and i bet yourself too i mean each of you when i think about surprising yourself with you know uh Christopher, I pushed multiple times now because we've known each other for over a decade to write his story, to write his book. And then he finally agreed. Oh, yay. He's, he's yeah. Watching that. So, I mean, that's a, that's a huge deal. That's but awesome. it's it's like taking the tabula rasa, like, like you said, like the blank slate. And you just say, okay, now what do I want to fill this with? Like, how do I want sort of the, the God in me to actually be available through my creative work. And I think that, you know, when I, again, like your, your IMDb page filled with multiple, multiple awards and, and all the shorts that you did and people that you've worked with, like, that's a legacy that like even half of what you've done, people mm -hmm. would sit there and say, wow, like I went over and above the dream. To me, you're still scratching the surface of you because, I mean, we've had this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. And and it's like, what is it that you feel? I'm just curious because I know last year when we when we met and we were talking about like, what is the next best for me? Like, what is the thing that I want to do? Like, what do you see as, you know, where does Brian want to land or not land, but land next? So what's 2024 going to bring for you? Like what, what's in your head? Um, wow. Well, I really, the thing I'm most focused on is my sisters. Well, there's two things. There's, I actually shot another documentary called Follow Lead Love and we're in editing right now. That has to be done this year by April so that it can be in the film festivals for next season. It's called can Follow you, Lead Love. Can you share a little bit about it? Follow um, Lead Love. The short version. Uh, again, it's about dance. It's these two dancers that come together and they compete in ballroom. Uh, the lead male dancer is a principal in Martha Graham, contemporary, modern, uh, incredible dancer with an interesting background. Christine Bendel is the partner and she's in her 50s. She's a Broadway girl. She's done a million Broadway shows. She's a Broadway diva. And she has no experience in ballroom at all, but she's done hustle. They both met at a hustle event and okay. hustle is very gender neutral. Talk about empathy, connection. It's just, it, it, it's such a great environment. We do these events where everybody's just dancing. Women lead, men lead, men dance together, people in wheelchairs. Like it's just the most inclusive, amazing event ever. So I thought this is really interesting, but it'd be really interesting if they try to get in ballroom because he dances in heels and he's about six foot and cool. she's short and she leads also. So like in hustle, you do that, but in ballroom, men lead, women follow, that's it. Those are the rules. So in 2019, they, tried, they started entering ballroom because he comes from a ballroom background and they were getting a lot of shit about it. 
like, well, I don't know, like men lead and she leads and you're in heels and we don't know what to do about this. I'm like, oh, this is good stuff, right? <laughs> drama for the cameras. <laughs> so we start, we were filming, but then 2020, COVID. Yep. So it really took this social twist because all of a sudden all these things started happening to them personally. He's black, she's Asian. She was getting harassed on the subway. They were calling her all these names and she's Chinese and this and that. And, you know, just horrible, horrible things. And we, it kind of turned to this social thing of acceptance. And you would think in the arts you're safe, but there's a lot of politics on Broadway or mm -hmm. you know, the producers are the ones that's selling it because of the system, keeping it very white in the front so that people come in and pay. It's been like that for many years. And there's always a token black person, a token Asian person. Right. You know, it's starting to change, but it's been that way for many years. So we we decided we're gonna blow the lid off that. Wow. So that's what that's about. That's gonna be coming out this this next year. Follow Lead Love. And that's on my website too. I think you'll see the, the sizzle or the trailer okay. on pictures. It's all there. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. It so amazing. Young is the one about my sister. That's what I'm, I really want to like get out is the one from my sister. Cause I feel like I, I, this is just part of my, now it's like my Michael Jackson, you yeah. know, my Michael Jackson now is getting this out from my sister. I have a question. Does your sister dance? Um, not professionally, but she does the funky chicken. <laughs> she does this thing. <laughs> she really had a few drinks. I mean, she'll let it go. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. incredible i want to shift gears here for a second because i mean uh you can't you can't swing a dead cat and i love cats without hearing about ai anymore right uh artificial intelligence artificial intelligence is everywhere i was fighting it for quite some time and i've i've dabbled in chat gbt and i found a lot of usefulness in it what are your thoughts of ai with art because i've talked to a few of my friends about this musicians and, and artists and whatnot what are your particular thoughts on using I, uh, ai with uh with art Patricia, you would should, you do it? You should take that with because you're more involved with the the. Why well, don't you start with that. I'll In play it a little bit, I but I, I'm yeah. curious. You put your thinking cap on about this because this is a tough one. Yeah. So recently, there was somebody from he he wrote an algorithm that took every single piece of art in it. I think it was in the um, Museum of Modern Art in New York, and created a nonstop forever and ever ongoing, taking small pieces of each of the artworks and then shifting, changing them and amalgamating yeah. them with the whole entire collection. So I think if there were 35,000 pieces of art that were all put into the, to the program, to the algorithm, and then it just, it's consistently changing and he had it up like a video. So you could watch this on screen and it was, it, it could never, it could never end because it's completely endless. Um, so I, I personally think the visual work of AI is incredible. The creative tone, everything that it's going to do will open up new, you know, um, sort of aspects of our senses and the synapses will change. But the, the truth and reality is art is healing for me. So unless you as a human being are going to eradicate your full expression by virtue of whether it's painting, music, creating dance, um, that's that's not the truth of, of art. So I think that there will be the, the aspect of art that will have a visual component to it and it may have a trigger of, of something, but if you really wanna go into the, to the essence of, of our soul and our spirit, it's going to have to come from the physical act of, of doing this on your own. The music that is created, the dance that's created, the, the, the whole texture of, of what we experience. I mean, uh, there's so many, so many quotes and lines. I mean, Picasso says, you know, the, the canvas is where you wash away the emotion. And um, I think your ability to see something inside a piece of art or um, listen to a piece of music or watch ballet or watch, you know, some incredible dancers performing. That's triggering to me, the soul and the essence of who we are as humans. And, and again, if you look at what it is that we're going to try and accomplish, the number one thing is AI cannot gossip. 
They don't have the ability. They're not human. And the only way we thrive is by gossip. And if gossip is converted into telling a story, then we tell those stories through the acts by which we are creating. So that's my short answer. I love it. There's our what say you, Mr. Mr. Brian? I mean, I couldn't have said that any better. The only thing <laughs> I, I love about AI is it makes Photoshop a lot easier. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to create a picture and say, oh, I did that. But you know, if you have to like add some more grass over here or cut this out, I hate that takes so much time. And I'd rather be creating than spending time on those little things. So yeah. I think for certain things it's great. But you know, like Patricia said, like I just hope it doesn't like social media and Instagram, the dancers that go out for auditions, they'll ask, how many followers do you have? And when I first heard that, I almost threw up. I thought that was yeah. the most disgusting thing I've ever heard because producers would rather hire a dancer that has a million followers than that has 500 followers. But what if the one that has 500 followers is a better dancer or has more empathy or more creative? And this one over here that has a million followers is a pain in the ass, but they want that person because it's good marketing. That's where I get grossed out. Mm -hmm. It's I kind agree. of like the AI thing. It's just kind of, there's good things and there's bad things with social media. You know, it kind of leveled the playing field. Anyone can be famous. You know, that person in, you know, Michigan can be heard when before they couldn't because we have a, uh, this was an equalizer, this platform. Mm -hmm. But because of that, a lot of art and stuff gets watered down because everybody can do it, but they don't really know the steps because they didn't train as a artist or dancer or go through the steps that I think you really need to like creating music to really appreciate it and go through those things. And I do agree that art is healing more than anything. Cause it really did heal me. Mm. Yeah. That is so really did save me. That, that, that is awesome. You do what you do. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, really we, we gotta get, we gotta, we gotta listen for the messages. We gotta listen to the calling. We gotta listen to the, to the whispers. nudges. The, as, as our friend Glenn Morshower says, we gotta listen to the whispers, right? Whispers. And, 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 and the fact that what you said, I, I love what you said earlier, Brian, is you said, we're all going to die and life is short, which is, which is, which is paramount. I mean, I, I we're, you and I are the same age. Patty's a little bit younger than us. But the fact that it goes by so long, it goes by so fast that it's our responsibility. It's, it's actually a, a disservice to God, source, universe, whatever you believe in, to come here and have this experience and not follow your dreams and not go after, not go after your innate greatness that you deserve to experience while on this spinning blue marble in space. So when you think about that and you and the people that are watching and listening, you know, what advice would you have for them who are sitting in a situation that I like to call comfortably miserable? Their everything is just good enough. Their relationship's good enough. Their job's good enough. Their dinner's good enough. Their so whatever, everything is just good enough. But we're meant here. We're meant to come here and have this amazing experience. What advice would you have for people to level up, to let go of maybe some of the fears of rejection and, and failure and mistakes and all of the other stuff that we tend to use to hold ourselves back from, which is generated from our childhood? What advice would you and, and strategies would you have for people listening to this to let some of that stuff go and to really truly embrace living life as opposed to just existing in it i would definitely say um someone always has it worse than you someone always there's always someone out there that has had more traumatic events more a worse job there's always someone out there that has had it worse than you yeah shut the fuck up <laughs> right, i don't know if i can say that on the thing yeah and, and Again, going back to the regret thing, because that's a big motivator for me. Yep. If tomorrow was your last day, what would you do different? Because it's coming for all of us and it might come sooner for some people. And I don't want to be sitting there going, oh, I wish I would have done this. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to do that. You can, but it's your choice. It's your mindset. It's your choice. And the fear thing, you just got to keep pushing through. You just got to keep walking through it. A lot of people stay off the, the pills and the things that just kind of numb you from feeling. And I think you really have to go through that stuff. You know, when I was going through my trauma, my dad and all that stuff, something they wanted me to get on antidepressants and all this stuff. And I was, my dance teacher said, don't do it, boo. She's mm -hmm. like, get this book by Pema Chadrone, read this book, the places that scare. Like I read these books and she's like, if you got to cry, cry. If you, 
you know, just don't sit in it too long. Cry, let it all out, go through it, but keep walking forward. I think that's really important. You just got to keep walking forward and then it'll start to appear why this happened and things will start giving you a little character because you went through it. And if you can get into an art, it is healing. Take a dance class, something, something in the arts is, is so healing, especially yeah. if you have a, a shitty job that you hate. Ryan, if you could describe yourself, take a breath for a second, describe yourself with three words. Oh God. <sighs> You're going to laugh, but fruity is definitely at the top. My mom always called me fruity. She said she ate too many Fruit Loops when I was, when she was pregnant. So she always called me fruity because I just was so alt. And I'm like, mom, ADHD. No, fruity. So I like fruit. I'm going to keep that one. I love it. Um, empathetic. Mm -hmm. Empathetic. And present. Mm. Can I add a word? Absolutely. You can add two words. Very humble. <laughs> yeah. No, you are. And and I I mean, oh my gosh, like you're just just knowing the energy that flows and what you've experienced. And I, I, I'm sure that if somebody else were doing this work that you've done and were telling these stories, they'd be like, and I'm this and I'm this and I'm, you are so humble. And I appreciate that. I think all of us appreciate that because there's equanimity in your, in your, consciousness and that sort of collective consciousness that you exude shows up in everything that you do in in Robbie Robbie love like you the work that you've done just completely oh, yeah. makes you feel like you get it and and because of that you are you're a, a harbinger of change for people and so I look forward to to the next movies and the next conversations and my next visit to New York and hanging out and visiting that studio. So I finally did the photo series. I finished it today. I'll send it to you. Okay. I, I, she was telling me to do a series, and I finally did a three portrait series of this. I'll send it to you. I'm okay. So happy about it. I love it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That is awesome. I want. I, I want to build. I want to build on what. I want to build on what you said, Brian. You know, because we're talking about you know fear. I have determined in my life that there are there's fear and there's excitement, and the only thing that's really different about the two is our perspective about it. And I give people this example. I was at Magic Mountain here in Southern California years and years ago, and I was standing in line, and I was standing in line for Colossus, the big major roller coaster at the time, and the people in front of me were talking about like, oh, we're so excited, we're gonna put our hands up in the air, and it's gonna be so much fun, and we've been waiting all this time, and da -da -da. just just pure enthusiasm enthusiasm, right? Uh, not the people right behind me, but the people next behind me were talking like, oh my God, it's so tall. And what if the, what if the mechanic didn't show up to work today? And what if, what if we go flying out? And what if it stops? And what if this, and what if that excitement and fear, same ride, same situation, just a little bit different perspective. So I invite people to sit there and say, how can you switch that fear, that false evidence appearing real and, and instead, the, the cliche of face everything and rise, right? To that point, if today is my last day, do I want to go out thinking like, wow, I'm so glad I played it safe. I'm so glad that I didn't have any excitement in my life. I'm so glad that I had vanilla pudding and mayonnaise sandwiches for, for lunch or whatever. You know, like to your point, Brian, you were so, we're so, so similar. So thank you, Patricia, for, for introducing us. Because I sit there and I look at if this is the last thing I get to do, if this is the last thing I get to do and thinking about legacy and thinking about that big why, and my son gets to watch this, will he see his dad living his legacy? Because back in 2008, I created my legacy when I went to a funeral and I sat in the back of the church and I, you know, we're talking about death, which is, which is great to talk about. And I thought to myself, guys, I sat there and said, if I died tomorrow, and I want everybody out there listening and watching this to think about this for yourself. If I died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say? And so for that, for me, guys, my initial response when I was sitting in the back of the church watching people eulogize one of my coworkers is I thought 10 or 15 people would show up. They would bring cases of Miller Genuine Draft and bottles of Jack Daniels and Bon Jovi and Motley Crue records. And they would talk about all the stupid shit Chris did. Oh, my God. Remember that time he passed out? Remember that time he did this? Remember that time he did this? Remember that? Oh, by the way, he was a seventh grade homeless dropout who changed the world. I didn't want the, the, the postscript on my life to be the biggest aspect of my life. The reason why I'm here is to make this world a better place for who I am and what I do. So if this is the last thing that I do and my son gets to watch that, 
he's going to know the dad was living on purpose. And so that's what I just really invite people to sit there and think of what is your purpose? You know, if you get really serious about life, write your eulogy. And when I wrote my eulogy, I actually cried. I actually had tears running down my face. I had no idea this was going to happen. It was just a spur of the moment thing. I left the funeral. I went home. It was still bugging me. I wrote my eulogy. And the crux of that eulogy said that Christopher Roush will have fought for what's right and what's fair. He will have risked for which that mattered. And he will left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. And so every day when I wake up, I set the intention to fulfill that legacy. And so the conversation we're having tonight between the three of us, I hope it ignites people to sit there and realize that life is short and to stop focusing on the bullshit you can't control, all the negativity in the news and the media and the politics and everything. There's not much we can do to change it. And standing around bitching, pissing and moaning about it and telling us, telling our friends what the government should be doing is ridiculous. We should be out there living our life. And I think, Brian, um, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show tonight and sharing that and and, and showing people that it, that it's not only OK to go after your dreams, that it's that it's bitching to go after your dreams, to meet Michael Jackson, to meet uh, Paul Abdul, to be out there and, and creating documentaries and, and changing lives. That is oh, phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. I know I have my Wonder Woman T-shirt on. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so thank yeah. you so much for being here with us tonight. Any final questions, uh, Patricia, before uh, we uh, show his credentials and where people can get a hold of him? I don't think I have any questions. I think I, I will add to it that fear is not my currency. Fear is not your currency. And that makes a difference. So if if, if the, the soul bank or the spirit bank that you're carrying will allow you to continue, then then you're doing it and and you are an icon without any question so i want to say huge gratitude you know for first of all christopher allowing me to to co-host this uh event with you again and uh and brian so much gratitude for your time and staying up late to do this and uh we, i love you and i'm really 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 so happy that we've had this opportunity to hear directly from you i know you don't do a ton of interviews so this was like a really special one um and I, I'm very grateful. Anything for you, girl. Thank you. Yeah, you guys, are, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Pat says here, I am changed today. Thank you all. Uh, Pat, thank you so much for showing up. Appreciate you for being here all the way from Australia. I know it's uh, daytime over there. Happy summertime, by the way. I heard you guys are a little cooler over there. Uh, Ron Krieger in the house says, what a beautiful show tonight. I am so glad I got to watch and listen. Thanks. Good to see you, Ron. It's uh, I was just talking about you the other day, brother. We got we to gotta, uh, catch up. We got Gregory in the house. Says, Drum more, paint more, love more, last day, last supper. Absolutely. I mean, it's all about... Um, you know, taking a hold of life. So where can people get a hold of you, sir, and uh, learn more about you and be able to um, connect with you? I've got a few of your uh, websites up here. Yeah, that's my, oh, that's like where my film and production company is. You can, I'm all over that. My Insta, I call Insta Snatch, is Brian Thomas Films. So that's usually across the board, Brian Thomas, yeah, Brian Thomas Films or Spin Kick Pictures, I'm there. And then you also have a YouTube channel. Oh yeah, I have that. See, I'm so bad at marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping you with that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, because you can see stuff from the Young Dragons on there. We're starting to put little clippets of the kids, so it's cute. Nice, nice. So it's uh, for those of you guys listening, it's youtube.com forward slash at spin kick pictures. So S P I N K I C K P I C T U R E S for you guys listening all over around the world. Of course, these will always be in the show notes. So you guys can click on those and go find out more about Brian. Thank you so much, Brian Thomas, for being with us tonight. I appreciate you. It's such a pleasure to get to meet you. And thank you, Patty, for introducing him to us. And I'm so excited about this. Um, we're going to place you guys backstage and uh, we're going to finish out the show. And then, but don't go anywhere, Brian, because I want to hear about Def Leppard and Slash. I haven't forgot. <laughs> Uh, I'm not I forgot knew, about that. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to put you backstage here for a second and Patricia and I are going to uh, end out the show. So thank you, sir. Patty, 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 thank you so much. Thank you for introducing Brian to us. What an amazing individual. I feel a kinship towards him. I mean, the fact that we're the same age, the ADHD, you know, everything so much, uh, just a tremendous individual. Yeah. Yeah. Full of life and, and lots more to do. So there's no question that's happening. Um, should we talk about next week too? That's what I was just going to ask you. You read well, my mind. See, I, that's why we're a team. Yes. So here we go. The words we wear, how to show up with confidence and create your best life. Vera Milan Gervais. And there she is, Vera. So Vera is going to be our guest. She's actually hailing from Moncton, New Brunswick. Ooh. And, uh, her book is out. She's an incredible human being as well. And, 
this is going to be an interesting sort of last interview for um, the year, actually. So it's a good way to use your words to finish off what's going to happen. But um, again, thank you so much for having me on the show, Christopher. I'm really wishing you and your family all the very best for this good week and enjoy your Christmas day and uh, happy holidays, right? To everybody out there. And thank you everybody who showed up tonight. I know Pat coming all the way from Australia and Greg and everybody that's on. I've got a few text texts here and, and people I think really enjoyed hearing it. So uh, I'm so happy. And where can people get and learn more about you, my dear? Same thing. It's just my name, Patricia Karen Geigich.com, Facebook, Patricia Karen Geigich. <laughs> so awesome, awesome. Well, you guys are beautiful. Thank you for everybody who has shown up tonight. Um, we got Gregory saying here, Merry Christmas, Chris. Thank you. We got Nima. Nima uh is in the house. Thank you. Thank you for so much for being here with us. We got uh Pat is saying drum roll. Thank you indeed. Appreciate it. Uh, Mr. Gregory says here, nice hair. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he's talking about you because I don't think he's talking about me. Uh, My hair yeah. is a bandana and a hat. That's what I, that's what I does. Um, we got Christopher Freeman in the house. Love your title. Love the shares. Thank you, Christopher coming in from LinkedIn. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for being here. And of course, like I said before, Pat sums it up all right here. I am changed today. Thank you all. We've also got Robert, uh, Robert in the house. Robert says here, I went through, uh, art in high school, also auto mechanics and uh, STEM subject. And I think it's a STEM subject. I was there to spend time with my friends and to listen to my teacher's stories. I liked my teachers. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. We also got Gregory says art helps you enter the ethereal. I always ethereal. have a problem. Ethereal. I always have a problem with that dang word. Um, yes, we got uh, Christopher back here again. Says life imitates art, which is the title of the show tonight. Um, so many beautiful people in here tonight. Thank you guys for being here. We're going to be here back here again next week, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Of course, if you want to get the audio podcast, go to rawandunscripted.com. You can find us on Spotify, iHeart, uh, Apple, anywhere you get your podcast. The Raw and Unscripted show is there, and we're going to continue into 2024. We have some amazing shows scheduled for you. We are booked up through june uh with some incredible guests so uh thank you guys all for being here go out there and have a merry merry christmas however however you celebrate your holidays please enjoy those and please enjoy your family and your friends life is short like brian said we have to embrace these moments cherish those moments with your loved ones tell them how you feel and just have a great moment go out there and share your love and your your blessings with other people who are less fortunate because there are a lot of people out there who are suffering suffering and struggling right now so everything that we can do to help the homeless and help the mentally ill and help everybody help the animals let's all do it let's all make this world a better place for who we are and what we do i'm christopher Rausch, your no excuses coach we'll be back here on the raw and scripted show again next week we love you guys see you next time Ciao. bye